0: Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Without me they shall bow down under the prisoner, and they shall fall under the slain. For all this, God's anger is not turned away, but yet his hand is stretched out still. In this chapter of Isaiah and the verse before it, we read a description of the depravity that the nation of Israel had fallen into. That they had forsaken the most innocent among them, allowing their children to be sacrificed on the altars of convenience, that they had suppressed the hireling in their wages, that they had allowed perversion in their streets and marketplaces, that even the religious leaders and priests were justifying sin and wickedness, selling men's souls to hell for profit, vainglory, and attention. The prophets had ceased to sound the alarm and the warning and preach holiness. So much wickedness and destruction in the land. The leadership was corrupt and greedy and selfish. And as we go through all of these descriptions of a culture that had fallen into such a desperate state that God himself had to step in and allow their enemies to overtake them, that he might humble them and bring them back into a place that they might have mercy and compassion in their heart upon the lowly, upon the least of these because that they themselves had become it. They forgot who their God and their king was, and they served everything but him. And so he removed himself from them. He took the hedge of protection down and allowed the enemy to overtake them so they could get a taste of what it really was like to serve this evil master that they had chosen for themselves when they became the servants of sin and wickedness. All in a desperate plea that God might save them from the consequences of their own decisions in eternity. Because in the midst of all of it, God is telling them that without me, you fall as prisoners. You become slaves. Without me, your people are slain. Oh, how angry must it make our God and our King when we will reach for anything but him and his majesty. And his mercy, yet it says in the midst of all of this, his hand was stretched out still. He is truly a God of love, mercy, and compassion who delights in repentance. Who desires to bring us back into right standing where he can defend us. Oh, he is our deliverance, but we've got to humble and cry out for it. Because you see, judgment upon sinfulness simply comes when men are allowed to walk out the consequences of their own godless decisions. Yet God's hand is stretched out still in the midst of it because he delights in mercy and longs for our repentance that he might save us from it once that we have repented and turned from it because he cannot in his justice endorse it. Yet when a people repent and cry out to him, he is more than willing and able to take what the enemy meant to harm and turn it to the good, to remove the curses of wickedness and turn it into blessings. This is the lesson of the story of Balaam, the story of Esther, the story of the Israelites in the land of Persia, and so many other stories in Scripture. So never give up hope. Simply turn from your wicked ways and cry out to the one who saves with abundant grace. Call upon his name, whose name literally means salvation, and watch him transform an impossible situation in undeniable, miraculous ways that will inspire others for generations to come. This is how we overcome. Great is the power of repentance. Great In this hour is the need of it, and great is the testimony that will proceed from it. If a people will but bend the knee, believe, and cry out to the king. So what is God's instruction for a nation that is facing judgment? He gives it to us very clearly in Joel chapter 2 verse 12 when we read, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye Even to me with all of your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil, who knoweth if he will turn, and repent, and leave a blessing behind him. Even a meat offering, and a drink offering unto the Lord God, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. The Lord God Almighty says that when things rise up against your nation and your people, when the consequences of our sin are being made manifest in the land, the proper response is not to hide from it. It's to pray and fast and call a solemn assembly. It's to gather the churches, the remnant, the true believers and begin to weep. And cry out to the king. It says, Call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, and even the babies. Let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber, and the bride out of her closet. Let the priest and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. My friend, the response of a true church is not to hide From the enemy, when he rushes in like a flood, it's to allow the Lord God Almighty to raise you up as a standard against it, willing to come together in a solemn assembly in prayer and fasting and say, Lord God, you've got to save us. We might have got ourselves into this situation, but we know that you're the only one who can get us out of it. Because when we do this, he answers, he is still a deliverer, and we need to remember this. Oh, in Exodus chapter 3 verse 7, it says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptian, and to bring them up out of the land, unto a good land, and a large one, unto the land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hevites, and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come up unto me. And I have also seen their oppression, wherein the Egyptians have oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God will move in miraculous, miracle-working power when a people are willing to pray and trust Him and Him only to save. The problem is, is that we trust too much in the works of our own hands and in the instructions and wisdom of men, which are near always in contradiction to the instructions and wisdom of God, because the instructions of man are based in their own wisdom. But the instructions of God are based in faith in he who is our salvation. In Psalms chapter 106, verse 42, it says their enemies also oppressed them. And they were brought into subjection under their hands. Many times did God deliver them. Talking about the Israelites. But yet over and over again they provoked him with their counsel. They kept trusting in themselves, their mighty men, their politicians. It says, and because of this they were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, God, he regarded their affliction. Listen church, this is wisdom. It says, and when he heard their cry, he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. And he made them also to be pitied for all those that carried them captive. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting and let all the people say amen. Praise ye the Lord. Father, we come before you today and we repent of trusting what everybody else has to say and then expecting you to save us though we continue to disobey, though we have no faith in you. Lord, you give us the answer. You say come together and pray. Cry out in the name of the Lord God Almighty. The proper response is to fast and to weep and to gather a solemn assembly. All of the people together to bend the knee in humility before the king and say, deliver us. O oh Lord, there are evil taskmasters being set over us. They're making decisions that are contrary to your wisdom. Lord, we do not put our faith in it. We need you to save us. There is nothing too hard for you, God. We truly believe that you are who you are. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God because those who come to God must truly believe that he is God. And in believing that we must encompass that nothing is too hard for him, that nothing is impossible, that he is still a savior and a healer and a deliverer, that he is still our baptizer, our reviver. God, we are praying for you to revive the bride of Jesus Christ, to raise it up, Lord. In power and in might, God, we are praying for you to revive a God-fearing nation, Lord. Ben, we understand that before something can be revived, it's got to first die, Lord. So we thank you that many things have been laid low, that many have been humbled, and that many have beginning to see a need for their king again. But Lord, let it start with me. Let every heart say, God, I'm not going to wait for the majority. I'm going to bend the knee and say, even if nobody else will, I'm going to acknowledge that you are still king on the throne and you can save me. You can save me right now from my sin and my selfishness. You can save me from the situations around me. You can save my generation. You can save my nation. You can raise up a church that is glorious in power and in faith that will trust what you have to say, even when it conflicts with the wisdom of men. Father, come and bring our deliverance. I love that when we read through these chapters and we see the level of wickedness that was being manifested by the culture of the time, yet God in his mercy was still desiring to deliver. Because though judgments must come for sin, because that the defense of the innocent requires it, it's not who God is. He is, to his core, love, mercy, and forgiveness. And he wants to bring all men into repentance. He wants the family to be able to live in peace. He wants his bride to be purified and to be able to lead the world to him and rightly represent who he truly is, not to be incorporated in with the world's system, but to stand as a shining example of how much better he is than it. Father, we pray for wisdom in these last days. We pray for courage and strength to remember that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if God be before me, who or what can be against me? That there is still a God of power that is waiting in this hour for a people of faith to step out and demonstrate that he truly is greater and able to save. Father, use me. Wash us in your blood. Fill us with your spirit. Use us for your glory. Help us to walk in humility. And to remember your great mercies towards us. And to extend it towards others, Lord. To walk in love, but to love enough to speak the truth. Because it's only the truth that will set men free. That there is a day coming that you are trying to save us from. There is a final judgment. And we don't want to be found bound to sin or the master of it. Father, we thank you. That no matter how bad the situation may look, no matter how bad we've messed it up, your hand is reached out still. And I see the image of Peter when he got out of the boat in faith and began to walk towards you, yet he started looking at the storm around him. He began to look at the chaos and the fear. He began to listen to all of those sounds. And in that moment, he began to drown. And I think in our homes and our lives and even in our nation, these situations arise and there's so many voices, so much noise, so many bolstruous waves all around us. We get so distracted and we begin to look at it and fear overtakes us just like Peter and we began to sink oh but in a moment when he remembered his king he cried out jesus save me and it says and instantly you grabbed him and you pulled him back upon the water your hand was reached out still let us remember the beauty of who you are but let us also remember that in that encounter it says you were walking by and you didn't stop until they cried he had to ask So today, God, we do the same. We cry out, Lord, save our nation, Lord, save our families, save us, help us in whatever situation we're encountering right now. Jesus, we need a savior, God. We need you as king. Father, we repent of thinking we could do it on our own without you. No, Lord, the enemy will overtake us. You are our defense and our protector. Jesus, you are our great Deliverer, and we're asking you to come. And today we decree and declare that we truly need you. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.